the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praise him. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast that I pray is being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. We're sharing a powerful message with you that I hope is being a blessing to you. That's called being imitators of Christ. God's word is clear. He wants every born again believer to be imitators of him and to live our lives just like Jesus did. Well, since our being imitators of God is clearly God's plan for me and you, then being imitators of Christ ought to be our plan too. Each and every one of us who are born again believers should purpose in our hearts to be the kind of believers who do everything we need to do to fulfill God's plan for me and you. We need to live our lives being imitators of Christ. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called being imitators of Christ. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. And it's been allowed to be able to move in a spread out manner, taking its power away, taking its ability to be able to do all the things that it can do away. But if you take that same light, don't add a single bit of light to it, and you narrow that light down to a tight little stream, it becomes a laser beam, and it'll cut straight through any metal. It'll cut through anything at that point because that light is powerful. It's just been diffused. Why are you giving me this science lesson? Because I want you to understand, scripturally speaking, that Satan is trying to expand the boundaries of what we're supposed to live our lives in in order to diffuse the power of the church, to be able to rip off the power of the church and allow the church to just be a nice little light. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. God never intended you to have a little light. God intended you to be a laser beam that will blow through anything that the devil do. That would take that punk out right where he is. Is anybody hearing me up in here? But so Satan would try to bring into the church liberal theology. It don't matter what you do. It's okay. It's all under the blood. It's called grace. It's just grace. Just don't worry about what you do. The devil is a liar. Grace was what was presented to get you through the door. But once you get through the door, holiness is what you pursue. So that God can begin to start telling you, this part of your life is them, that's not me. This part of your life is them, that's not me. This part of your life over here is them, that ain't got nothing to do with me. So you can fuse that, bring that thing in, and become the powerful person that God wants you to be. God's going to raise up a powerful church at the end. And the devil knows it. That's why he's trying to diffuse the church with liberal theology. That's the opposite of what God has to say. So that you can just be some cute little light. Just some cute little light. Just cute little Christian. 
That don't want to offend nobody. Like that light don't offend nobody. Like if I didn't even point to it, you wouldn't even know it was there. Just like Satan wants a church that it's like they're not even there. Because they have no power. They don't demand attention. They don't speak about what's right. They don't speak about how things ought to be lived out. Because he knows that that church is the one that God's coming back for. And that church is the one that's going to cause a mass exodus of other people from Satan's power into the midst of the church like it's supposed to be. So he comes and try to defuse it right now. Look at somebody else and say, don't let the devil use you to defuse the church by telling them that everything all right. Because the devil is a lie in his breath stink. Tell your name, let me smell your breath. Let me smell it. Let me say <laughs> Hallelujah. So I can see what you've been eating. Let me smell your breath. So I can see what you've been swallowing. Because if you swallow, swallow crap, we're going to be able to smell it on your, on your mouth. Tell them, come on. Give me, give me. <laughs> wow. We're in Exodus chapter 22. God wanted those who he delivered to be holy men. That's what he said. Verse 31 of chapter 22. It says, and ye shall be holy men unto me. And then he began to start telling them what they don't do, what they shouldn't do. That's because our holiness is going to be recognized. How we don't do and how we won't do what others will do. They be like, you used to do it before. Say, but I don't do it no more. Because I'm saved now. I'm holy, baby. Come on. I used to do that little run at night with you. But you don't do that run no more. Now you need to walk away. Step away from that phone. Praise God. Because I don't do that no more. Is anybody hear me? Luke chapter 1. I'm teaching up in here. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm teaching up in here. Hallelujah. God also raising up a church that won't back down. Luke chapter 1. See, once saved as imitators of Christ, we should continue in holiness from that point forward. Once saved, we're supposed to continue in holiness from that point forward. Can I put a pause button right here? Somebody say process. Because this is a process. I said it's a process. It ain't something that you're going to just be good at overnight. Especially when you've been doing wrong all your life. But everybody say, but I'm going to get better. See, that's another one of the reasons why grace exists, to give you the room to get better. To give you the room to get better. Hallelujah. Not the room to go do what you want to do. The devil is a liar. No, he's giving you the room to go, go get better. Hallelujah. Start reading verse 68, Luke chapter 1. It said, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. Everybody say, thank you, Lord Jesus. And has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets. Notice the holy prophets. Which have, which, which have been since the world began. Which means that everywhere from back then. He's been speaking the same thing. That we should be saved from our enemy. Saved from our enemy. The Lord liveth. Oh, that's right. Most of y'all wasn't in praise and worship. You know they sang that. Praise God. Anyway, let's move on. That we should, should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. Because God saved us from our enemy. Who did he save us from? And whose hand did he save from? Those that hate us. Can't stand you. 
want to jam, dog, and, and mess you up. Came not before to steal, to kill, and destroy. He said that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hates us to perform the mercies promised to our father, not to remember his and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. And then he tells you how you're going to serve him in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. How long? All the days of our life that we will serve him in holiness and righteousness. Now for those of us who are born again, ha, we righteous. Because the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, for him who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So when Jesus went and what's theologically what is called the great exchange, he went to the cross for me and you. Took upon our sinfulness and exchanged for us his, his righteousness. So he took upon our righteousness, which was as a filthy rag. And we took upon his righteousness, which is the robe of the king. Praise God. That's why when, we, when he died for me and you and we accept him like he was supposed to, he made us both kings and priests in this world. So we now wearing his righteousness. We were made righteous. We were not righteous, but we were made the righteousness of God in him. So the righteousness part is already set. Second part is this is the part we're talking about right now. Now, he did for you what you could not do. So that you could do what you can do. He did for you what you could not do. Because there was no way man could get reconciled back to the Father. There was no way that we could ever get back right with the Father. Why? Because there's nothing that we could do that was right enough for God. That's why he came down and lived this thing for me and you. Lived a holy life like we were supposed to. Which would make him eligible to be the sacrifice for me and you. Come on, VBBS. The propitiation. Substitute for me and you. Because he was a holy one. Because it take a free man to free a man. Because if he had not done that, then he would have been in bondage just like everybody else. If he'd have lived unholy, if he'd have went after one of them little cuties, he then, then, then he would have been in bondage just like everybody else. So he listened to me. And how you gonna be in the jail cell next to somebody talking about I'm gonna set you free? Shut up, fool. You in jail right next to me. He was on the outside setting folk free. Are you listening to me up in here? So he did for us what we couldn't do to present us the opportunity to do what we can do. You can live holy. Well, I couldn't do it before. That's before you was the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. See, Bible says in verse 17, if any man be in Christ, I got anybody in Christ? He said he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new and all things are of God. On the inside of you, you brand new, baby. You ain't got that heart you used to. You just have a hard heart that was filled with the world system and the world way of thinking and doing things. So because of that, whatever's in your heart in abundance is the way you live that thing. That's why Satan thought he had checkmated God. Because he said, I got them, I done got their heart. And when I got their heart, for me, they won't part. I got them forever. Because they're going to keep on sinning. Praise God. But see, God came in, took out that heart of stone, put in a heart of flesh, and said, I'm going to write on your heart, tables of your heart. I'm going to write my law upon your heart. If the law wasn't what he wanted us to do, what the heck are you writing it on our heart for? Is anybody hearing me up in here? But see, before we couldn't do it because we had a heart of stone, which means it's easily broken. But now we got a heart of flesh, which is now soft and pliable. 
We got the kind of heart necessary to be able to do what God wants us to do. We have a heart that's soft toward our father, soft toward one another, soft toward doing what he said do. Before we was hard-headed, I don't want to do what he said do. And then, but now we're soft toward doing what he said do. And now we can do it. God said, I need you to be holy. That's how we're supposed to live that way. That word holy right there in the Greek, praise God, is a powerful word. That word holy right there means piety. It means piety. Some folks say, okay, well, that still didn't help me. Praise God. Well, let me give you the definition for piety. Praise God. The word piety means dutiful devotion to God and observance of religious principles. The word piety means dutiful devotion to God and observance of religious principles, which means we demonstrate our piety, our dutiful devotion to God and our observance of religious principles. We demonstrate our piety through our observance of the religious principles that God stands for. We demonstrate our piety to God by standing for what he stands for. We stand for what he stands for, which demonstrates we're devoted to God. Which means whatever he's about, we about. Whatever he's not about, we're not about. Because see, we be about what he be about. And that's all we be about. Waka, waka, waka. Is anybody hearing me up here? We be about what he about. And anything else, we ain't about it. Because we're following Jesus, our example. Who said, I don't say nothing but what my father say. And I don't do anything other than what I see my father do. So if I don't see my father do it, I don't do it because I am devoted to my father. This, now see, back in the OT, Old Testament, this was tied to what's called the law of sin and death. Which means if you sin, you die. Mess up, you're through. That's what it was cooked to too, which was an inspiration for people to try not to do it. Praise God. If you do it, you're going to die. Oh, I'm going to do my best at it then. Praise God. But they found out they couldn't do it. They couldn't live up to it because they was always messed up because of the heart they had because sin had already entered into the world and already entered them too. So that's just who they were. That was their nature. They had a sin nature. You know, cats meow because that's their nature. Dogs bark because that's their nature. Bugs bug because that's their nature. Flies fly because that's their nature. You know, you know what I'm saying? And sinners sin because that's their nature. Well, I don't know what I'm doing. I do. I don't know why I'm doing it. I do because that was just your nature. But see, we got a new nature now. I said we got a new nature now. The old was gone. We got new and that's now of God. We got God's nature now. Hallelujah. And he was all about holiness. And so since that's what he about, that's what we about. Now we just have to learn how to do so. That's why I said process. Somebody say process. process. Now we have to just learn how to do because we was trained in the world say it don't, you don't matter. But God's saying it does matter. Now that you're with me. Now when you wasn't with me, it didn't matter. In fact, when you wasn't with me, I, that's why I made it not matter. So that I can be able to accept you just like you are. So that once I bring you in, I can set you free from what you were. And turn you into who you're supposed to be. The person that I always intended you to be. Who I planned you to be before the foundation of the world. And that's a person that walks in holiness, that has a devotion to God. See, previously they did it according to the law of sin and death. Can I, can I rephrase? To cover their own tail. Cover their own tail. Because if I mess up, I'm dead. Forget you. If I mess up, I'm dead. <laughs> Is anybody here? But now we got a new reason for why we do. It's a loving devotion to our Father. Because according to Romans chapter 8, we were set free from the law of sin and death. And we got attached to a new law. It's called a law of life in Christ Jesus. So the life that was in Christ Jesus is now the life that we live now. 
The life that Jesus lived out is the, is the life we live out now. And the reason why he lived out his life is the same reason why we live out our life. He loved the Father and he loved me and you. Just like we love the Father and we love you too. And because we love the Father and love you, we're going to walk within the parameters that are set by him for me and you. Not because we got to, we get to. We want to. I said we want to. <laughs> we want to. We just want to live this out. Because we understand why we live it out. Because we understand why we live it out. Because back when you didn't understand why you was living it out, then you had no motivation to live it out. But now that you understand this thing, you're going to do this thing. Because you understand what's going on and you understand the importance of it. Let me give you another definition for it. Now, this next one is a rare definition. Praise God. Most folk don't use this one no more. Satan was successful at pulling this one all out the dictionary. So he only want to see in this one. Praise God. Hallelujah. But I got it. Hallelujah. And I'm going to give it to you. Because I'm into definitions and word origins and all that kind of stuff. I love that kind of stuff. I just love it. You ready for it? It's devotion and obedience to parents or superiors. Devotion or obedience to parents or superiors. That's what piety is. That's what holiness is to make you different than everybody else. Is that you are obedient and devoted to your parents and your superiors. And the way you got quiet proves my point. Praise God. Because Satan has successfully gotten this society to not be devoted to their parents and not be devoted to their superiors. We don't, we don't believe in devotedness to parents and superiors no more. In fact, if a parent said, we're going to try to do the opposite of it. Now, when we was little, little kids, I said, little, little kids. You know, when we was little, little kids, little, little kids, everything our parents said was right. Then we get a little fuzz in a few places. Come on now, I ain't I had to go no further than that, do it. We get a little fuzz in a few places. And all of a sudden, what our parents, you know, our, our parents get silly then. They don't know nothing no more. Now we know everything. We know, and, we, and we ain't devoted to our parents no more. Because it used to be all the parent had to do was raise a child in a particular way and they would not depart from it. But Satan has successfully gotten this kind of definition out of society in such a way. So it's almost like all a child need to know now is how does my parent live and I want to live the opposite. I can't wait to get up out of here so I can go live like I want to. Because they said I got to be in by 11 so I can't wait to get up out of here so I can come in when I want to. Come on, remember you? Come on, we don't have to go back that far. Amen. And superiors, oh my God, ain't nobody more superior than me. You ain't nobody. You put your pants on just like I do. Yeah, but I don't crap in them like you do. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. So when the superiors, when the superiors say something, we don't want them to think they're superior. I know just as much as you. I know more than you. And we don't hear nothing. And we do what they say as long as it's attached to pay. But if it ain't attached to pay, we ain't doing what they say. Who you think you is? You ain't, you ain't nobody. You don't run nobody. You don't do nothing. That, 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 that disrespect, dishonor, no devotedness, no commitment. We go from job to job. Anybody's job to say to give me better hours, better pay. We don't care what. We, got, we out. See you. Praise God. We ain't devoted to nothing no more. Satan has successfully got that out to the point that we're not devoted to parents like we used to be. Used to be all that a parent has to do is say. Folk, I'm talking about old folk. If they had a, a parent that's still alive, because I don't care how old you get, you ain't never older than your parents. Does anybody hear me up in here? And the Bible's when the word's still true, and that's honor your parents. Because with, if you do, it'll be well with you. Which means we're supposed to honor them regardless. Even if we think something different, we don't say it. And we don't roll our eyes and look all off and, and, and none of that. But nowadays, we're like, what? So somebody asks you, where you been? What? 
Like, I better put my hands in my pocket. Praise <laughs> Wow! It's like that in the church, too. I'm teaching. Because a pastor is a father. I don't know if you know that. A pastor is a father. Is it just like a father? I treat you just like you're my kids. Praise God, just like you're my children. That's why I treat you so good like you do. Because I always want the best for you. Because I got the heart of the father. Because God said, I'm going to send you pastors after my own heart. He's your everlasting father. So any pastor they're going to give you is going to see you the same way. Hallelujah. Is anybody hearing me? And they want the best for you. But even in the midst of that, it's the same relationship. Because folk get up in the middle of the church. When they first get in the church, they're like, oh, man, that's the greatest pastor since, since, since anything. That's since sliced bread. Until we start telling you what to do and what not to do. Now I was like, I don't know. I, need, I got some itching ears. I got to go find me somebody say it don't matter what I do. I got to listen to their CD, watch them on TV. Hallelujah. Because why? Because then I'm free. I'm free to do what I want to do. Excuse me. God wants you to live a particular life so that you can have that powerful life that he intends for you. You ain't supposed to be like everybody else. You holy. Somebody say holy. holy. One of the definitions for holy is the opposite of otherness. One of the definitions for holy is the opposite of otherness, which means you ain't supposed to be like everybody else. You're supposed to be different. God's trying to raise you up to be a different. You my child now. So let me do with you what I want to do. I'm about to take your life and take it to a whole new level than anything you plan for you. But we got to be willing to be devoted to him and do what he said do and be obedient to him. I ain't feeling all that. Anybody ask you to feel it? God said do it. Amen. I'm teaching something here. Turn to Revelation 22. This is what God's intention all the way through. I done showed you in the old. I done showed you in the new. Now let me go to the end of the new and show you eternity. Which means even after you get to heaven, ain't nothing changed. Well, I know I'm free up there. I can do what I want to. Please. Somebody else fell from there. Anyway, Revelation chapter 22 before you get all all confused and stuff. Because God's still a holy God. Don't make no mistake about this. Revelation chapter 22. Somebody was up there for a little while, wasn't up there for a while. He's trying to get you to fall, do the same fall. Revelation chapter 22, verse 11. It says, he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Can I paraphrase? Imitators of God, that's us, we're supposed to continue in holiness forever. So that now that you're holy, be holy still. Don't stop. Keep doing what you're supposed to do. We're supposed to do that for eternity. See, our old life, which was really death, we thought it was life because the devil taught us it was life, but it was actually death. It was death warmed over. Hallelujah. We had death and had it more abundantly, thinking that we had life. That we was <laughs> living the life. No, death than a mug. But God came in and interrupted your death to teach you about life. Is anybody hearing me? Our, our old life, which was really death, was life was a life of unrighteousness, ungodliness, with no thought of living holy. Y'all getting quiet. Let me testify by myself. Back before I got saved, trust the brother when I tell you. My life was a life of unrighteousness. Wasn't even trying to be right. Ungodliness. Well, that's all that we have time for today. We trust that you are blessed by what the word of God had to say. I hope that you learn that God really does desire for us to be imitators of him. I hope that you're also seeing that this desire for us to be like God is real and should be our desire too, being more and more like the God who loves and saves me and you. Now, I don't know about you, but I plan to do everything I can do 
to do what the Father wants me to do. That is to imitate him and to be as much like him as I can be. I hope you make this same decision too. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just got that to church office at Erico 210-785-9238. That's Erico 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'd be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. But it's always best when you can get it live. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come on by and see us. Word of Faith Christian Center is located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon. Thursday evenings at 6.45, Saturday afternoons at 4.30, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. And to all of you married people in San Antonio and surrounding areas, if your desire is to draw closer to one another and to have a better marriage, I got just a thing for you. We invite all the married people in San Antonio and surrounding areas to come out to our Covenant Partners Fellowship this Friday evening. It's a monthly marriage seminar that God has brought here to San Antonio that'll help the marriages here in San Antonio. It's a monthly marriage seminar that you don't have to fly away to or pay half a pay to go to. It's free and it's right here in San Antonio just for you. It's an evening out for the married people that's done on the third Friday of every month where the wildest wedded folk in San Antonio and surrounding areas come together in a casual atmosphere and have food and fun and fellowship and get a powerful word from God that'll help you take your marriage to another level. So come on through. You go from being married to happily married, I guarantee you. There's no charge where the free will offering will be taken. It starts at 7 p.m. and it lasts until, hey, it's a night out. You don't need to find a babysitter because childcare is provided at no charge. Neither I, VIP Transportation Service is available for this too. So come on and spend one evening out of the month investing in your marriage so that it could be as good as God designed it to be and get even better than you ever thought it could be. Whether both of you come or one of you come, just come on through. You'll be so glad you did that is with or without your boo. And your boo is the one you're married to. I look forward to seeing you this Friday evening at the Covenant Partners Fellowship at Word of Faith SA. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.